This show is part of the Planetside Podcast Network. For more information, go to planetsidepodcasts.com. And thank you for listening. Welcome to I Shouldn't Have to Say This, where we discuss topics we believe deserve some critical and nuanced thinking. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email saythiscast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at saythiscast. Also visit saythiscast.pinecast.co for previous episodes. Growing up a younger sibling, I've had a lot of times where my brother was bothering me and I needed some help from my parents. And I asked them for it only to be presented with the piece of advice. Oh, your brother's only bothering you because you keep on giving him the reaction that he wants, making it fun for him. As soon as you stop, he'll stop. Now, over the years, I've put this advice to work, and I've gotten largely mixed results. Sometimes, people are just assholes because they want to be assholes, and other times, they are being assholes because they want to rise out of you. There's no real way to tell, unless you're some sort of seer. And I'm sorry to report to you that adulthood, and the internet specifically, works in much the same way. There are going to be bad people who do bad things that you'll see every day on the internet. If you give them a reaction, chances are they'll keep doing it to get that rise out of you, particularly if it gives them some measure of success. If you ignore them, they might still gain followers, but you won't be taking the risk of giving them that attention. And if you stop giving them attention, they might die out. It's an unpredictable formula. There are examples I can give you of any of those combinations of outcomes, and there's no real rule I can give you. So maybe I shouldn't have to say this, but most of us don't have 10,000 IQs, and we can't tell how people react when we dunk on people on the internet. So maybe we should just stop? Hey, Genre. Hey, Nicole. Do you remember that time that, um... This stupid bitch open carried a gun on Kent State and become an internet icon known as Gun Girl in 2018? No. Me neither. But Caitlin Bennett is the name of a stupid girl who went to um, Kent State who is famous on the internet for carrying a gun as a permitted by state laws on campus and getting into some uh, mess. She currently is a reporter with Liberty Hangout, where she goes from campus to campus looking like a dumb bitch, talking to people with approximately 10 times the IQ that she has. Oh my god, I just, I just saw a picture of her. I recognize her now. <laughs> oh my god, it's her. I didn't it's, know her name. I just I just knew that it was that weird chick on campus that gets that kept getting dunked on. Yeah, so Wow. Um, <laughs> Caitlin Bennett is a nobody bitch with um no like zero qualifications to be a journalist, and yet she currently is. I have been doing journalism for several years and I'm not a journalist. 
Do you know why that is? Because he didn't carry a gun on campus? Yes, it is. But also, it's because... You're not white? After Caitlin Bennett um, brought her dumbass gun on campus, she went viral on the internet as people debated whether or not it was okay for her to carry her gun on campus, many of which were um, anti-gun activists who Mm -hmm. um, definitely didn't want her to carry a gun around for obvious reasons. But despite their protests, Caitlin Bennett is now an astronomically more successful person than she ever could have been on her own merits, on her own five IQ merits. And it is because of the intervention of people who strongly dislike her and her positions today we're going to be talking about internet blood sports the call outs the dunks the talking about quote unquote problematic motherfuckers and why it is almost never worth it and my the majority of you dear listeners are not smart enough to tell when it is wow all right (laughs) we're all stupid together yeah but your big brain for listening to me. In order to really talk about internet blood sports, as we call it, we kind of need to interrogate why it exists. So why do we love dunking on people or calling out people or um, airing out our personal beefs on the internet? It's because of social capital. The numbers don't lie. The uh, way to get tons of attention on the internet is almost certainly to be a negative bitch about absolutely everybody. Negativity sells. Negativity garners views, hits, clicks, whatever. Positivity, on the other hand, is far less successful at this, and so people engage in negative behaviors all the time. However, when it comes to the political, the specifically political, the dumb bitch carrying a gun on a college campus in the midst of tons of people getting, like, no-scoped for the high crime of going to school in the morning. Yeah. The fact of the matter is that, this speaks to cancel culture, dunking does not work. Our goals when we engage in internet blood sports is to destroy. It is to mash a person up into small pieces and to diminish them to the point of irrelevancy. However, very rarely is this the result of call-outs or dunking or the airing out of public beefs. In fact, the majority of the time, when somebody goes viral for negative reasons or positive in your eyes, this person is getting interaction and now has a greater level of social capital than would have been afforded to them before. Do you think that Caitlin Bennett could be a reporter at the Liberty Hangout if it wasn't for the people who dunked on her? Trick question. The answer is no. I'm telling you. I don't know. I think anybody could really be a reporter for the Liberty Hangout since... The Liberty Hangout, is that a news organization, really? No. But neither is Fox (laughs) News, and somehow Candace Owens is still underqualified to be on Fox News. Why is she there? Because liberals got mad at her because she had a bad idea. And then they talked about it a lot. Which bad idea was that? 
because she has a lot of bad ideas. Candace Owens, before she was a conservative, precisely under a year before she was conservative, was a liberal who was interested in quote-unquote trying to stop people from becoming inundated with trolls on the internet. She decided that she was going to have a uh, website that would go through the social media accounts of different people and identify whether or not they were trolls. However, people from both sides of the aisle identified this as being a pretty bad idea. For the specific reason that anybody with some more radical beliefs could be considered just flat out a troll, or like there's no way to ensure that the way that a troll is being uh, quantified is actually accurate. Liberals and conservatives alike said this is a bad fucking idea. She became actually infuriated with the idea that liberals didn't like her, and she ran screaming towards the conservatives, and they opened her their arms to her because she had social capital given to her by the attention that liberals gave her over her dumb, stupid idea. <sighs> also, they need a black friend. Yep. Many examples of this exist, but essentially, whether you agree with it or not, every single time you call out somebody in a very public way, there is a risk and reward to it. Are there people who have been called out for being literal white supremacists who have lost their jobs? Yes. Are there literal white supremacists who have been called out on the internet who have been called out and then given far higher paying positions? or political followings because they've been given that attention. Also, yes. Without a doubt. Right. Caitlin Bennett is a phenomenal example of this. Candace Owens, a phenomenal example of this. Candace Owens has appeared before Congress as an expert multiple times. And both times she was a, as dumb of a bitch, like a... Like a sack of rocks. Like a sack of goddamn rocks. That's insulting to rocks. 22 IQ Sally. My god. Just really stupid. God, that gave me a headache. <laughs> Essentially, internet blood sports have a risk and reward component that is basically too risky to ever engage in. At the best, you temporarily derail somebody for having bad ideas at the worst they um gain greater social capital and then maybe later they get enough rope to hang themselves but it's a question about if they will it usually backfires this happened with uh contra points as well which like you know i like contra but it's undoubted that the attention that she got from nine binary people bolstered her viewers it didn't diminish it if you want to know more about that situation you can listen to the kill your heroes episode of i shouldn't have to say this yeah and it's evolved since then but mm. regardless she's become more popular the attacks on her did not work they expanded her audience towards people who are bigoted towards both contrapoints and the non-binary people oh Wonderful. Conservatives started taking her side in an argument that she didn't even make. <laughs> but that's the but that's the problem with internet blood sports. You can't control the trajectory of the argument. I mean, if you give someone enough rope to hang themselves with, 
they, they become might... presidents of the United States. <laughs> I mean, you they they either hang themselves with it or they make a rope bridge. It, you can't control what they do with it. Yeah, you know, like that. It's you're creating chaos. What do you think will happen? Yeah, and the majority of time, rope bridges get made. You don't mm. take out people nearly as much as you create new pundits. And even when you destroy pundits, there's no point in taking out a nobody. But there's a lot of harm done by creating a somebody where if you had left them alone, they would have continued to be a nobody. For example, if nobody had talked about Caitlin Bennett, she would not be walking around on her YouTube channel harassing people about their political views on college campuses. Which would be unfortunate for the world because she gets absolutely wrecked. I was going to say that kind of might be a benefit. Yeah, I mean, it's a benefit because she's brain dead. But, like, it's still unfortunate that she's making money. Uh, and yeah, that there are people yeah. who are whose beliefs are further enforced by watching her. It's just that the majority of people who don't already have the specific strand of brain worms that she has are somewhat unconvinced by her argument <laughs> charitable charitable language from nicole charitable <laughs> uh <laughs> she's a uh, she's bread pilling the public <laughs> you know i take it all back do it create more caitlin bennett she's a dumb bitch <laughs> she helps our cause i mean here's the thing you can it, when you when you dunk on someone when you try to destroy them when you try to give to to like I said, give them enough rope to hang themselves with, which I'm now I'm thinking about is not the best thing to say. Uh, <laughs> then you could create a Caitlin Bennett or you can create a Candace Owens. Yeah. And you can't control which one will happen. Yeah. And that's a problem. But also there are some other dimensions of this. Number one. You can create a public figure that pushes views that you don't like when you give people attention for bad ideas. Number two, when you signal boost a bad idea, no social media site gives a single shit why you are tweeting about something. So for instance, if you don't like The Last Jedi, it doesn't matter if you tweet, I don't like The Last Jedi. What Twitter sees is that you're tweeting about The Last Jedi. So if a lot of people do that, even if everybody's saying, man, fuck Ray," <laughs> it still trends. <laughs> the same thing goes if you're tweeting about, oh, say, T.I. talking about his daughter's vagina and virginity. Oh, if you tweet about how disgusting T.I. is, T.I. still trends. That's right really matter why if you're looking at twitter and you see a hashtag and you're and you click on it and all it is is people saying why is this trending that's why it's trending yeah it doesn't it's, care yeah it's all of the people who hate the hashtag perpetuating the hashtag which popularizes the message so you signal boost ideas that you don't like. You didn't like Byleth becoming part of the Smash Bros. roster. Well, congratulations. Y'all tweeted about it and it trended for like a week. Deep cut. This also applies <laughs> to politics. 
Yes. And that's also something you can't really control. You can't control the actions of others and what they're tweeting about. But you can try not to participate in the perpetuation of an idea that you don't like, regardless of whether you're saying, I don't like this or I like this. Real simple. Even if you don't think that other people are going to be convinced by the arguments that are being made, or you think that you can make a good enough argument that the people who look at your tweet will say, well, obviously this is a bad idea. You're not as smart as you think you are, and there, there are a lot of people who are pretty vulnerable to bad ideas. I'm guilty of this too, but a lot of the time when you see a bad idea circulating and you respond to it, your idea is, well, there's no way that the tweet that I send will be perpetuating anything. Anybody who sees my tweet will be convinced that the argument that I'm criticizing is a bad one, right? Hmm. The fact of the matter is that we're a lot less persuasive than we think that we are. The simple notion of the idea that you're perpetuating or that you're giving, like, you know, a larger platform is sometimes pretty tantalizing to somebody who's vulnerable to it. So even if you see, like, a, like a fuck trans people get money uh, tag, even if you say, no, trans lives matter, um, we say trans rights over here and you use the hashtag... There are enough people who are transphobic that they don't really give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> that you said trans rights. Right. The, the, the message is the important, that the fuck trans people tag is the important part to them. That's not even the end of it, because there are also some instances where marginalized people get caught in the uh, crossfires. A lot of the time, the only time that internet blood sports are really super effective is when somebody targets a person of a marginalized community. So for instance, uh, say black person B is a sexual abuser or something, or they said a bad thing and they get a bunch of people jumping in their mentions and they lose everything. That's the only time when this type of shit is effective. Only when you're targeting somebody who is otherwise vulnerable to losing their social capital. A lot of people will jump on that bandwagon also who are not as reasonable as you. So maybe you see a trans person making an argument that you don't like. And you respond to it. And there are a bunch of people in the mentions who are responding to it at various levels of aggression. Pretty soon, the TERFs will find them. The trans-exclusionary radical feminists, the trans folks, they will descend upon this trans person and they will endlessly badger them because you opened the door for them. This happens all of the time. There are so many times when I see the people that I follow on Twitter make bad takes or sometimes make takes that are taken out of context or get a certain group of people pretty fucking riled up. And even if they aren't transphobic, their harassment or their criticism of that trans person opens the door so as soon as they're done or like they say you know i don't like your idea pretty soon the transphobes are in there saying kill yourself that's the only time that that shit really works when you really destroy a person is when you're attacking somebody who has very little social capital to begin with so it's just punching down you're punching down <clears throat> or you're punching horizontally but either way you're destroying somebody who was already pretty likely to be destroyed you're not destroying somebody who has a ton of fucking capital here. 
when you attack a white man, they gain social capital when you attack them. When you attack a white woman, they gain social capital from that. When you attack the trans person or the non-binary person, they're much more liable to lose that social capital. And it's because they had none to begin with. Even if they're a bad person, one should consider not doing that. Unless they're like an eminent threat to your community or whatever. But even then, right. like, does that really need to be aired out on Twitter? I don't know. It's complicated. That's not what I'm here to talk about. <laughs> what I'm here to talk about are the consequences of internet blood sports. And there's pretty much no way that it ends up being a net positive. And it almost never accomplishes your goals. So why fucking do it? Why roll the dice? I'm dumb. You're dumb. It's all an odds game, and none of us are really that good at analyzing the odds, considering that we cannot be in the brains of the millions of people who populate the internet. Why would you want to be? Ugh. Just let bad people be bad people. I don't have a sh- I shouldn't have to say this. Just don't do it. Alright, so here's the opposite side of that. Good things on the internet. Or in our lives. Nicole, what is making you happy? Um, you know, I didn't know what I was going to say, but you know, I was looking at the desktop of my computer and I saw this um, game that I downloaded a while ago and it's called Chow Resort Island. If you've ever played the Sonic Adventure games, you might remember the uh, Chow Garden, the only good part of those games. <laughs> um, a Chow is like a little, like a little blue thing that you raise from like childhood all the way into like a big boy chow and it's a really fun blob things they're not really blobs but sure um they got little hands they're real cute okay but like it was a really genuine it was like literally genuinely the only fun part of those sonic games and it was the last time that sonic was fun i put hundreds (sighs) of hours into sonic adventures 2 on the gamecube Caring for my chows, making angel chows, devil chows, lusting desperately over tails chows, etc. It was a really good time. Seems legit. And then at the end of the last time Sonic was good, the Sonic team decided, you know, it's actually called Team Sonic. That's the developer. Yes. They decided, you know, no more chows. And that was, and that was the end of that. But Chow Resort Island is a fan-made project that uses, um, you know, kind of the same setup in, like, Sonic Adventure 1, Sonic Adventure 2, and it's just the good parts of those. It's just taking care of the Chows as they go from, like, little crawling heathens into, like... Effig- uh, into um, goddesses of destruction and chaos, and I love them very much, and Chow Resort Island is important to me because it preserves something that Team Sonic is too stupid to try to. Anyways, yeah. Go download it. It's really good. Chow Resort Island. We'll have a link in the show notes for you. So what's making you happy this week, genre? Yeah, um... Well, this, I I actually wanted to, well, I usually mention at the end of the show, but I do a political chat um, on Twitch uh, every every Friday at 3 p.m. and every uh, Monday at 11 p.m. And the 
the people that have started to to cut like people have actually started to come in regularly which i didn't think would actually happen but we have some regulars in the chat we've started to develop memes that are on the that are it within the chat and it's just really a great time not i hopefully for people in the chat but really for me just because it's fun and it's a nice distraction even though it's a political centered chat we kind of go off on random directions and you know i think i i i just wanted to voice my appreciation for that you know you've been in the chat a few times nicole yeah i come when i have the time it's a really good time uh, i wish i could be there more often i'm just shitty but it's a good time well i mean come. we it's we need great. that be parasocial with us Paris, parasocial. I like that parasocial. <laughs> so yeah, I I just uh I just wanted to to bring that up because it's uh it's something that I didn't think would actually happen uh with my streaming, but it actually has, and that's that it continually surprises me. Uh, so if you want to join that then you can go to twitch.tv slash pressstartmorlock and follow me on there. Where can we find you online, Nicole? Well, you can find me at Jack of Three Trades on Twitter. And that's three like the number. You can find me on Twitter as well, at pressstartlock. You can follow the show on Twitter. That is at saythiscast. You can email us, saythiscast at gmail.com. You can go to our Patreon. That is patreon.com slash, guess what? It's patreon.com slash saythiscast. And there you can contribute to the show if you want to support us. Uh, we would love to have some some patrons on there. Uh, just... Uh, at any of the levels um but you know if you give us uh like five bucks a month you'll be able to hear the episodes early you'll be able to uh contribute to the show in certain ways you should you should check that out patreon.com slash say this cast if you want to listen to any of the music that we play on any of our shows they are all by mustin m-u-s-t-i-n you can go to store.mustinenterprises.com and listen to that stuff I shouldn't have to say this is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. Find out more at planetsidepodcast.com. Dunking, call-out posts, etc. The hmm. shit that's oh so fun to do, but ultimately... Yeah, you can take away my... Well, what am I going to do all day, though? Jerk off. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it too. I know. I, know. Um, I fucking know. Jesus Christ. All right, let's roll it back. <laughs> okay. Jesus. <laughs>